Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Jonathan, how you been doing this week, man? Good, good. I mean, we're still living the pandemic life, but uh, can't complain overall. <laughs> God, please don't become a saying pandemic life. Hey. Uh, yeah, I've been doing good myself. Um, yeah, I've been, I mean, okay, we got Star Trek Discovery out right now, Mandalorian out right now, really good time for TV. Uh, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? So I, I started watching the, the first episode of the new season of Mandalorian. I couldn't finish it because it, it was so late and there's like too much distractions and dinner and oh stuff. I was like, I don't want to miss any of this. So I stopped and I was like, I'm going to wait until I can really focus on it. Uh, yeah. But I have been watching um, the original Star Trek series because mm-hmm. I'm going to start going through and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all Star Trek content, which is going to take me years. Uh, but I want to review every episode as I go through it's something brief. Um, so yeah, mostly that. Uh, we watch a few movies here and there, but nothing really to brag about. And you haven't been playing much. Oh, you're playing Fall Guys right now, right? Uh, no, Among Us every once in a while. Among Us, that's it. Uh, there was something else. Oh, I've been playing Bioshock 2 a little bit when I got some time. Because nice. I got, you recommended, I got the the collection. I think it was only 10 bucks or ten ninety nine from, uh, was it Green Man Gaming? <laughs> you are killing it. That's our next thing. Yeah, guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, that was a really good deal. Yeah, we are sponsored real quick since you, you kind of did a good segue there. Uh, we are sponsored by Green Man Gaming, guys. So you guys check out Green Man Gaming. Uh, there will be a link in the description on both the YouTube and the uh, podcast version of this. Head on over there, and anything you guys buy, a little cheddar comes our way. They have some killer deals. So they have any sale you see on Steam or Epic, whatever, they'll have those. Um, plus, you'll see if it has an XP in the corner. You get experience points for their system. Uh, that'll also give you better deals than you'll actually get on. So I- I'll always check. I check over there all the time. They do these really cool things where it's like $4 for, four games for a dollar. The indie titles, they kind of built up your library. It's really cool. That's a good call. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Satisfactory, Return to Satisfactory for a bit, and uh, doing multiplayer Satisfactory. So it's been, it's the first time I've ever really like gotten this deep on multiplayer version. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what we've been streaming, a lot, streaming that the last few days. Watching, basically, yeah, Star Trek, Mandalorian. Um, kind of it, really. Not a lot, actually. Pretty much those. Yeah. Was there a big uh, satisfactory update yet? There, there's one coming down the, the pipeline. Uh, it's going to be uh, a few uh, fluids update that'll update like uh, there's going to be a new way of packaging things and stuff like that, for, like fluids and stuff. Uh, there's going to be where you can put a regulator on the pipe to where it'll say like or a pressure gauge. We're able to say like, OK, this much pressure after that, go back. So you could actually kind of like really tailor make all your pipes and stuff. And they're, they're going to have a Mach 2 pipe that goes 600. Um, what is it, ounces per minute? I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. Gallons, yeah. GPMs? Probably, probably that. So there is a cool update coming. That'd be pretty neat. All right, let's go ahead and get into our uh, poll for the next level up, guys. We have a level up coming out this Friday for Red Dead Redemption. The one for December, we have to kind of go a month ahead of time because we have to play these games, right? <laughs> um, so we did the poll to see what Jonathan and I are going to be uh, working on. Uh, it was Far Cry, AC Origins, Star Citizen, or Half-Life. And you guys came in with Assassin's Creed Origins with 45% of the vote. Was, we had a lot of people participating. We appreciate that. So, Jonathan, that's what we're playing. We're playing some Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, are you familiar with that game at all? Uh, I think I've seen you play. I've seen a couple like brief streams of it, but I haven't yeah. actually followed much of it. So, yeah, not that much. So, the way that uh, AC Origins is important to the franchise, uh, I played half of it. I need to finish it, so it's a good time to finish it. Um, is it was a reboot basically a soft reboot to the franchise it actually changed a lot of the gameplay it's a lot more about um 
one-on-one combat and, and it's more combat heavy, less stealth heavy. Uh, and of course, the idea of Origins is it tells a time back in ancient Egypt when they found an, an Assassin's Creed kind of thing. So um, yeah, it's it's a good one for us to kind of dive into because uh, you're not familiar. You haven't really. I thought you played the first Assassin's Creed, or am I mistaken? I don't think so. I don't remember playing it. Okay. So yeah, well, this would be a really good entry free point uh, point for you um, because then like the Valhalla that's coming out and Odyssey that came after this, those are all of the new style. So it'll, it'll, it's a good way to get back into it. All right, let's dig into some news, guys. Uh, the source code for Watchdog Legions, which is a brand new game that just came out or coming out, uh, has been leaked by the hacker group at Gregor. I feel so weird saying hacker group like I'm from the 90s and like, guys, we got to hack into this wall. Like this is the Matrix or something. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at Gregor, they got the source code. Um, generally what, what they do in this, so they kind of break down what this means. So a source code is kind of the foundation of the game. And uh, with it, they can um, they could create mods. They could actually create the way around the anti-piracy uh, filters and, uh, and make it to where everybody can play this. Uh, we've seen this before. Have you had any experience with with uh, modded games, games that, that you add modifications to, to to make better or change? I think just Minecraft. I don't, yeah. I don't know of any other one. Yeah, and Minecraft's very open to letting modded. Skyrim's often modded, uh, stuff like that. And it can be used to help the player, but oftentimes it's just used to make the game unique. A really famous one for Skyrim is they change all the dragons to Thomas the Tank Engine characters. <laughs> and so <laughs> you see just like doo -doo, flying through the sky and attacking you. Uh, so that's a real popular one. But the, the, of course, the big threat here, of course, is the fact that it can get around your anti-piracy programs that they have in place so that people can just download and play for free. So um, that's likely going to happen, which is a shame because the people worked really hard on this and the money's got to go, got to come from the game sales. So if you have the ability, I have a friend who's like, sweet, I play in a watch the Legion. I was like, come on, dude, they worked hard on this game. Don't do that. Go out there, spend the money, guys, help them out. They, they, you know, they worked hard on it. It's not just Ubisoft, it's a bunch of developers. Um, but yeah. So what was really weird, uh, so you know, Ubisoft's aware of the situation. They're investigating uh Egregor's claims. Uh this Egregor, they, they this is not the first time they've hacked anybody for their their content. They also hacked Crytek recently, and there we've learned that they have Crisis Next, Crisis VR, and a new Rise game coming. Rise was a game that came out on the Xbox One launch uh that, that evolves uh, Roman times. So they're kind of doing this a lot. Now, normally when a group hacks these things, the idea is to get ransom. They'll be like, hey, give us the money or we release this to everybody. Uh, these guys straight up just released it to everybody. Why do you think they were hacking them? Uh, I, probably because the pandemic, everybody's at home and they're trying to do this as a Robin Hood thing, freeing these games to the public to, <laughs> give, them a, to give them a distraction. Though I agree with you that it is stealing and it's it's a short-term satisfaction with a long-term downfall because if you steal from a great developer that you really appreciate, they're going to lose, you know, a fortune from this game not selling. So everything yeah. they invested is lost, and now they're crippled, and then their future games are either going to suck or, you know, be a lot harder to to produce because they don't have the funding. It's a business, and they need they need that turnover of revenue to be able to make the next game. So if you like a developer, don't play a stolen game just go help fund them by buying their actual game so they can yeah. make them more yeah and and i know that this game is published by ubisoft but guys don't be deceived there are developers and smaller people that are all involved in the process that that this is where the paycheck come from 
Um, but yeah, that's the idea of them being Robin Hood during downtime. That's an interesting idea. I didn't really think about it that way. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's out there. Hopefully people take the right steps to not get it. It's 560 gigabytes for the source code. So we'll see, right? We'll see what happens. Um, everybody kind of be chill about it. Though. It's good. It's funny because the game is actually about you being a hacker, which is like, well, that makes sense. All right, next up, we had an interview uh, this week with Todd Howard. He's the guy that's in charge over at uh, Bethesda, so they do the Elder Scrolls games, Fallout, and whatnot. Uh, and he kind of revealed a few things with Elder Scrolls 6. Jonathan, now, you're, you're an Elder Scrolls fan, right? I know you played Oblivion, and you did you, you played some Skyrim recently, right? Yeah, I love Oblivion. I played Skyrim for a little while, but I didn't get far enough into it. It's just the kind of thing, like, like, like I was saying earlier with the Watching Mandalorian, I want to be able to dive into it and not be distracted and not yeah. miss. Like when someone's having a conversation in the game, you have to hear everything they're saying. When somebody walks in the room, starts talking to you, it's like, no, 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 you're breaking this. I need, I need to pay attention. <laughs> Stop talking. So yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard, but you need to be able to dedicate some quiet time to focusing on a good game like that. Yeah, I totally feel you. It's yeah. Uh, so everybody's excited for Elder Scrolls Six, the next one in the Skyrim uh, franchise. You know, uh, so we have a quote here from. Are talking about the new massive engine that they developed for this because uh, the one that was it, it was a pretty advanced at the time when Skyrim came out, but it has its flaws, always a lot of bugs. Uh, so they're developing an entirely new engine. This is a quote from Todd Howard himself uh, The overhaul of our engine is probably the largest we've ever had, maybe larger than Morrowind to Oblivion. Which I mean, that was a huge jump. Oblivion was like game changer, it was the first thing on the, the Xbox 360, so we really felt how big it was. Uh, he goes on. From rendering to animation to uh, pathing to procedural generation, uh, I don't want to say everything, but it's a, it's a significant overhaul. It's taken us longer than we would like, but the power uh, uh, we're we're using this power for Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. So Starfield's the other game that they're working on. Everybody's hyped for as well. Uh, when the people see the results, they'll hopefully be as happy as we are with what's on the screen and also how we can go about making our games. So that this is going to be the foundation for the next series of games coming out. So the next Fallout and stuff like that as well down the road. Um, they're really going to make this thing big and proud because when you were playing Skyrim, did it feel aged or dated to you? Did it feel like is this game? Because it came out in 2011. So, I mean, it came out a bit ago, but did it feel a little bit too old? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt just like uh, Oblivion kind of reskinned. Like it was okay, the same. Yeah. To me, it's all the same mechanics and the same uh, visual effects. They just you know, probably spend a little more time on, on details and stuff. But yeah, it didn't seem like it was much of an upgrade from the older game. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, like the big difference there is I felt like in Skyrim, uh, like the upgrade from Oblivion, Skyrim looked like it was so much broader. Like when you stood on a mountain, you could see for so much farther. It felt like it was like such a bigger world. Mm -hmm. um, but looking back at like when I revisit it now, it does feel like it's broad, but there's not a lot in between those two points. Like, it feels like it's kind of empty world almost. And then when you get into the towns, you're like, these towns are actually a lot smaller than I remember them being. And that's something that, that Howard also talked about, how they want to focus on making bigger, more lifelike cities in Elder Scrolls Six. So uh, the cities right now, they feel small and they, they have very sparse locations. That wasn't how it was at launch. It just feels like that now. So they're going to make them denser. They're going to make them bigger. And they're going to make the citizens more lifelike with the new engine. So... Instead of just standing around or just casually walking and talking about, you know, pre-recorded lines that are very limited, they're actually going to have them doing activities like, oh, this one's obviously buying and selling over here. And that guy's trying to, uh, you know, pickpocket that guy and, you know, all kinds of things like it actually feels like the city's moving about you, you know. Uh, and then 
one other little thing that I kind of was thinking about when I was writing this up was this means that you could actually probably quest in the city as well, which I, I, I think we did that in Oblivion. Did we do questing in Oblivion in the city? Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, when you had to work with the guard, yeah, there was, there was a lot of, like, smaller quests. Usually they were, you know, travel from city to city, but, yeah, there was minor quests inside the cities, too. I would like that. That way you kind of feel what it's like to be in the city, you know, and actually make it more alive, because that's one of the big things, is Skyrim is one of those things where you could stop and just, you know, be in awe of your surroundings. So mm-hmm. let's do that in the city. I think that'd be really cool. All right, uh, we have another one. We talked about this a while ago. Jonathan, are you familiar with loot boxes? Yeah, of course. Well, they're taking over our world, and uh, a Dutch court finally has ruled that FIFA Ultimate Team's loot boxes violate the country's gambling laws, and the EA will be forced to pay about 10 million euros uh, for you guys in the U.S. That's 11,700,000, yada, yada, yada. Uh, So what they're saying is that, you guys, this is straight-up gambling, and uh, so what you guys have to do is they have to pay 500,000 euros a week until the loot boxes are removed or until they hit the 10 million euro cap. Um, and they're just taking the strict stand. Do you think this is a good move for a country to take such a strict stand against loot boxes? And and do you feel like all loot boxes need to be removed or or if there's a gray, a gray thing to this? What do you think? Yeah, this is, I mean, every country is different. Their laws are different and how they approach gambling. I, I totally get gambling is uh, a dangerous addiction. You know, some people think it's fun and that's cool and that's their choice. But uh, if the country completely bans it, then we have to split the hairs and determine if this matches their description of of gambling. To me, a loot box is just like going to buy a foil pack of Pokemon cards. You're paying (laughs) for the excitement that you might get a really rare one. You might not. You usually won't. But the biggest factor to me is that there's clear laws, guidelines, boundaries uh, put on the developer of the loot boxes or the manufacturer of the card packs to say hey there has to be you know one holographic card in every 10 packs or something like that oh, good point. there has to yeah. be one rare drop in every you know 20 boxes or an x percentage whatever it is a consistent and fair percentage or or factors that can be uh, regulated otherwise it could be well if we're spending you know ten dollars per loot box and i was supposed to have a chance to win this rare skin and here I spent $400 and I didn't get it. What's going on? You know, I feel like I'm being robbed or it's, you know, not really an option. So, yeah, just having regulation on the company and making sure that they're doing everything fairly. Then it's the people's choice to spend their money on a loot box. I don't I like, like games where a loot box can affect your gameplay. If it's just cosmetic, that's yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah, I think as long as there's strict regulations, then I think it's fair and they shouldn't be fined for it. So we've seen that in other European nations where they, they talked about doing like a transparency over what your odds are. Is that kind of mm-hmm. what you're wanting to see? Something that shows you like you have a one in a hundred chance of getting this, I don't know, Charizard or whatever. Out yeah, of this pack, exactly. Kind of yeah, that seems like a fair way to go about this. Because it's not like, uh, you know, we, and we've talked about this in, in length of, of how games probably need to increase their price. And this is a good way to get around that. But it's not like... um. I don't know. I, I still want my skins. I still want my loot box stuff. Yeah. And I don't mind spending a buck here and there on like, you know, Overwatch or whatever is what they'll probably the one I buy most loot boxes on. And, you know, it's it's not like a terrible thing. But I do think it'd be great if I knew that like, hey, you want a legendary skin? It's a one in a hundred chance. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of understand like, okay, because because I think the deal is like, oh, just one more loot box. I might get what I wanted. But then if I'm seeing that one out of hundred, I'm like, okay, it's very unlikely that I'm going to get what I wanted. 
Uh, so I can see that as well, you know. In most games, you can buy a loot box or you can just pay outright to buy the skin, right? You don't have to gamble to get it, right? Some games. not I wouldn't say most games, but some games are. Yeah, like League of Legends is that way, where you can just outright buy what you wanted. Um, and then, or you can craft them and then create these little loot boxes, which is kind yeah. of a newer feature for League of Legends is a loot box system. And it normally is just buy the skin itself. So I think yeah. that would be a fair way because some people like the excitement and they do, you know, consider it a gamble whether you're going to win it or not. So you can shell out the money to possibly get the skin you like or just get a pile of junk versus, yeah. you know, if you want to just, hey, I'm, I'm only in it for this astronaut skin. I got to get that one. I'll pay 10 bucks to get that instead of, you know, $100 worth of possible loot boxes kind of thing. Or, you know, one three dollar loot box. I don't want to gamble. I just want to get that one skin. That's a good idea, right there. Yeah, because there's plenty of times where it's like, I'm not a big loot box guy. Like, I don't need everything in this game. But the Timo astronaut skin is a really good one uh, from League of Legends. I want to buy that. I will spend extra for it. That's a really good idea. That's a good way to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably see this from more countries uh, trying to uh, work on getting the uh, the uh, loot box system out of their country. The Netherlands have obviously taken a hard stance on this, and they're going to be um, working on other games as well but fifa is sort of the powerhouse of loot boxes in, in european nation because of how big that uh soccer football is over there so um there we go we're probably gonna see a lot more of that guys get ready for it for overwatch and whatnot and everything's gonna get hit all right we have a new patch and future plans for among us again john you're playing this so you're gonna be kind of talking about how well this should be added uh first off we have new customizations for the characters new cosmetics for the characters What's your favorite cosmetic to put on when you're in that little load screen thing? I dress like a, a men in black kind of guy. So the little <laughs> little black suit with the, I don't know what you call it, a regular flat top hat or whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, it looks, looks pretty cool. I always Not put the captain's hat on. That like white <laughs> captain's hat. I yeah. always put that one on. Um, but it'd be cool to see some more stuff out of there. This is actually probably a system that they could probably add the loot box to, really. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, it'd be really cool to see that. We also have anonymous voting coming in where everybody will just appear as gray. Now, I think this is a huge game changer, oh, uh, especially yeah. when you're pl- playing with people you know. Uh, has there been a moment where you could think of where this would have been beneficial to you? I think that'll just make it harder, more challenging, because if you, you know, when people are chatting back and forth and they're saying like, oh, I think it's red, I think it's blue or whatever, but then you don't know who's actually voting for who, that, 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 that'll make it more challenging. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you just throw out there like, oh yeah, blue sus. I saw blue over here by, you know, lighting, but it wasn't turning on the lights. You could be full. Well, that's the whole point of the game. You could be full of shit and that guy's going to get some votes. So if you could start, like, I can imagine right away, like opening the gates up, knowing that you're the imposter, just throw a vote out on blue or somebody. And then all of a sudden it right away puts a target on them and they have to defend themselves when normally they wouldn't have to defend themselves. They didn't do anything. Will it, will it show the votes as soon as they're cast or once they're all in? I think right now oh, it's once they're what? all in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's once they're all in. Oh, yeah, so, okay. An- another thing, I was actually, my niece plays this too, and we were talking about, is uh, I wish there was more you can do as a ghost. I know you can keep doing tasks, and you yeah. can chat with the ghosts, but I wish you could do something to interfere with the imposter's work. Turn on and off lights, open and close doors, stuff that a ghost would do, something to like hint at people that the imposter's there, maybe lock vents every once in a while. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. So I've, I've only played this with friends. You can chat with a ghost normally. Yeah, when you're when you're a ghost, you can chat with the other ghost. Oh, you, the other ghost. Okay. Yeah, you message in the chat, but both of yours are grayed out, so you yeah. know nobody else can see it. It's still playing. I see. Okay. So uh, when we play online, we all we're all in Discord uh, when we play on the PCs, and we have a rule that you mute yourself whenever you're not in the discussion room, and then if you're dead, you just always stay muted. 
So it's kind of this honor system. I wasn't sure if there was an honor system with that as well. Because then I could be like, Blue did it, guys. He murdered me. Like, that would obviously not be fair. Uh, right. Originally, I saw something where they were talking about how the original plan was that the ghosts were going to be uh, guardian angels. And you could actually, like, help save somebody who's about to be killed. Like, if you did something right. So that was an original plan. We might see that come back. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and anyway, so yeah, all a lot of the tasks are going to be changed and they're going to be made easier to understand so that you kind of see like, oh, it's point and click, whatever you need to do, so that'd be pretty cool. Uh, so that's all coming. That all came out this week. What's coming in a future patch is we have accounts being added to the game. So the benefits to the accounts is, first of all, you could have friends list, like, oh, I know my play with these people, or I liked playing with this guy, I'll add him to my friends list, or this girl, either way. Um, and, and, either, and also with the accounts is you could start saying like, this guy, you could track people, this guy is toxic, he's cheating, he's whatever, and, and really start targeting him and getting these people out of the community. Have you come across anybody cheating or somebody who's just such a straight asshole? Not cheating, but I see people all the time trying to, like, be inappropriate, ask for people's Snapchat links and stuff like that, and like, oh, dude, this God. is a game, this isn't for you, you know, you to, you know, I don't know, hook up with strangers or something like that. <laughs> this isn't Tinder, so. It's know, not where the work A lot of kids on here don't go around saying stupid stuff. But it'd be nice to be able to ban people that are, you know, being dumb like that. Yeah, I didn't. But like, again, I only play with friends, so I never, didn't know I had that behind this. That's crazy. Yeah, when your 13-year-old niece is on it all the time, <laughs> you hear about a lot of bad stuff. Too. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, so, yeah, we could start really targeting people and getting them out of the community. That'd be really good. Uh, the accounts is going to be bare bone, but they're going to start releasing in December. They're going to add things to the accounts as they come along. Uh, there's going to be a new map. It's Henry Stickman-themed. That's a game that's actually made by the same company, Interslock. Uh, so it's obviously it's been cross-promotion. But it's cool. It's a new map. It's new skills, and it's a lot bigger than before. Uh, and then we're also getting colorblind support and language options. I didn't even think about it, man. If this thing has no colorblind support, how do you say, like, blue suspect? <laughs> that's true. It's just not a game for you, if that's the case. Yeah. This shade like, of gray uh, is bad, right? Yeah. You say the one with the party hat is suspect. Or they all have names. I mean, you just go by the names. Yeah, you'd have to go by. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but, yeah, colorblind sports coming. That'd be pretty cool. I need to. We so we need to find a way for us to play among us. But like, we need to get enough friends involved. It's hard time. It's hard because if you don't have like six people, it's not worth playing. So we we got to yeah. find six people that are in all time all the same time. I even told Daniel yeah. like, I'll buy you the game. It's five bucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to get in the same game sometimes because they you well you have to set it private. But if you don't, they they like yeah. fill up super fast. I try to join a game all the time if the back out and join another one because they fill it fill up too fast yeah yeah i think on the pc it's a little bit easier to set the private and all that stuff like that set your own server because you what it is is you like put in a code i don't remember but but yeah i think yeah. it might be a little bit easier on the pc all right next up we have a ps5 uh faceplate seller that had to cancel all the orders so if you guys are out there and you guys ordered from uh customize my plates is what they ended up being uh heads up on that they're having to cancel your orders so make sure you guys are getting your refund on this i'm gonna explain the story behind this uh, the PlayStation, we're going to be talking about this later on. The PlayStation and the Xbox are both coming out this week that you guys are listening to this, which is freaking crazy. Um, there's a lot of people who are not necessarily big fans of the PlayStation's big white sides. And you could actually change those plates. They're, they're interchangeable plates on everything. So you could change them to whatever. Um, PlayStation, I don't think, has released any official plates yet. But there was this company who knows of the situation and started making their own. And they call themselves Plate Station. A real cool name. And and that's it. And they were like 30 bucks, whatever you buy new plates. So right away, Sony started coming after them, said like, look, guys, you can't do this. Uh, they, they sued them for the name. So they're like, OK, we changed the name. So they changed the name to customize my plates. That just rolls right off the tongue. 
and uh, and then they got hit hard by PlayStation again. They said, "No, you guys can't do anything that looks like PlayStation. Get out of here." Uh, and so they got they had to close down that part of the company, and they're refunding everybody's pre-orders. There's a ton of pre-orders out there, so keep an eye out for that, guys. Uh, do you think it's cool? I mean, okay, so here's here's my thing, Jonathan. I remember growing up, we'd get like the Mad Cats controllers, the GameStop brand controllers. It's weird that they're going as a third party. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think PlayStation is way out of their lane to be trying to attack somebody making an aftermarket product. If PlayStation, if Sony, sorry, had any sense and, you know, maybe tried out their their system on some uh, demos and stuff, then people probably would have given them the feedback that, hey, that looks kind of bland being flat white on the sides. Let's, yeah. you know, release even just a vinyl skin that you could sell, sell a pack of, of five different kinds or whatever that yeah. you put on the side to make it a Gears of War version or Call of Duty or whatever. but. It wouldn't take much for PlayStation to have already, for Sony, to have already uh, found a solution for this that they can make money on. But since they didn't offer something, that is what our, our, our economy is all based on. Uh, these, these guys found a hole, found something that people want, and they're making a solution for it. So it's, yeah. you know, that's consumerism. People want to buy it. That's a great idea. So I think Sony has no foundation to be attacking them and trying to, you know, stop their business when... All they're making is a, they're not creating a device. This isn't anything proprietary. They're making interchangeable plastic parts that go on the outside of your system. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before. You you could have bought the ones for the Xbox 360 all the time. So I don't yeah. see why, uh, I, I don't see why they're going through with it. Why Sony is being successful in stopping them. I, I would have fought back a little bit on that. Well, and the thing too is like, if Sony was making these plates already, that'd be one thing, but I have not seen them offer the plates themselves yet. It's like they're really trying to push like the white side because of the idea like, well, that's the iconic look for us, yada, yada, yada. But then don't make it an option. Like you have these detachable plates. It's obvious you guys are going to eventually sell plates. Sell them now. Because if not, and if it's not this company, somebody will make these plates. It's just you throw them in a 3D printer. I'm sure the plan's already out there for the 3D printer. You can just print them up and you can make all. And it was kind of cool. They had like these like gunmetal grays and uh, 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 camo and this red one. I was going to pick up the red one if it were me. Just really look cool, and it's a shame that you know now all of a sudden it's like, oh, great idea, you guys can't do it, and a company has to basically close down for it. They are still selling customized plates for the controllers. They haven't gotten hit with the thing for that yet for twenty five each, but don't be surprised if that happens too because we found out just recently the plates come off of the controllers too, so you could change those out. It's pretty interesting. So we'll see. Sony's getting a little crazy out there, but the new consoles are coming out this week, and we're kind of going to get more. More yeah. I remember those Mad Cats controllers, man. They suck so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you paid less for them, right? But they, but they had like a little bit of drift, and like the buttons would get stickier. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I, I think you probably hit it on the head there. there. I didn't, I didn't think about it this way. But Sony probably does have that as a game plan. They're just not releasing it now. Release all the sales, make yeah. a ton of money, and then in eight months or a year or something like that, then you start selling the aftermarket stuff on the side uh, to you know start bringing in extra additional revenue. So maybe that's why they're it, yeah. fighting it so bad is they already have products that are ready to launch. I just wish they would release it now is my main thing. You know what I'm saying? Like release it with the system. But yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's what it is, you know. All right. So you haven't finished watching the first episode of Mandalorian, John. I have not. And you've read these notes, right? Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to spoil something for you. And I'm spoiling everything. Who hasn't seen the first episode of Mandalorian, which is nuts. Boba Fett shows up at the very end. Okay, so going off of that, confirmation, okay, we now know that there's a Boba Fett miniseries coming out. It's going to be, I think it's a six-part episode. 
uh, coming out for Disney Plus. They're beginning filming this week. The podcast is coming out, guys. Uh, so we're going to try to, there's going to be, of course, people are going to be like, you know, checking out the uh, the filming set, getting some pics, we'll get some ideas. Uh, this is going to be with uh, Tamora Morrison, who plays uh, Django Fett in Attack of the Clones. And he's the voice a lot of times of, of Mando, um, of the different Mandalorians and, and the clones, because they're all based off of him. And so this is going to be telling the story. We, we're not 100% sure what the story will be, but I believe it'll be the story of him uh, escaping the Sarlacc pit. And uh, and then kind of like to the point we see him in Mandalorian, because at the end of Mandalorian, we just see him on a ridge watching uh, Mando go away with his armor. And so I think we're going to get that gap there. Is there any other thing you want to see out a, a out of a Boba Fett miniseries? So it's only going to be about six episodes. Is there anything you want to see out of this? Um, no, I mean, like you pretty much you described it all right there to see what happened to him and where he's at now. And maybe a, a redeeming arc would be. That's what I was wondering right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, because there's almost no uh, Mandalorians left after this, right? We just saw that big battle that killed a lot of what we thought was the the remainder of them. Yeah. Well, that's one. So here's the deal. Here's the here's the the thing is there's actually multiple tribes of Mandalorians or clans of Mandalorians. That was one clan. So they all kind of stay in hiding right now. A lot of them do. That was just one of them. But there are more more out there. yeah, and and then you have the whole thing where like, okay, so Boba Fett's not actually a Mandalorian, right? Because he's a clone of a guy, and then even Jango wasn't considered a Mandalorian. I believe he's either an exiled Mandalorian, or might have been a guy who was just. I think he might have been an exiled Mandalorian. I, I don't, you know, this is what we need Kevin on or something. <laughs> Somebody who knows yeah, very well. I don't know that, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so there's kind of like stack on stack of things that that are a problem here. Um, I'm excited for seeing. I think you nailed it. Though. I kind of want to see a little bit of redemption art because I really like Boba Fett. Everybody mm-hmm. likes Boba Fett, uh, and so it'd be nice if we could root for him a little bit. And if, if barring that, make him like if he's going to be a bad guy, make him a hardcore bad guy. Let's make yeah. him the Mandalorian's main villain. Like how cool would that be? I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. the Mandalorian's so perfect. <laughs> it's really. I'm like now. I'm excited for anybody from Mandalore. <laughs> That'd be really cool. All right. Uh, next up, we have now. Okay, are you familiar with the Fantastic Beast franchise? Uh, no. I mean, I know it, it yeah. stems off of the Harry Potter universe, right? Um, it does. But I, haven't, I haven't seen any of the any of the movies or anything like that, or read yeah, any yeah. of the books. I'm in the same boat you're in, man. Just because it's kind of like I I liked Harry Potter a lot, and I wasn't crazy. You know, let me read all the books. Kind of like I wasn't crazy into it like I am about other things. Um, but I really enjoyed all the movies. I have them all on you know Blu-ray or whatever. Uh, and you've seen all the Harry Potters too, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, so Fantastic Beasts just kind of was, I think I was a little bit too old for it. But uh, they have two movies out now. They've done okay. Critically, not so great, but they have done okay sales-wise. Uh, Johnny Depp plays a character. Uh, I know we're going to hear some some heat on this one. Gil- Gillert Grindelwald. I'm pretty sure I named that right. That, sounds, that looks right. Uh, in the first two films, he's a dark wizard. I'm assuming the bad guy. Um, so... He actually just got fired from the role, guys. He's leaving the, the series, and they're they're currently filming the next one, expected twenty twenty two. He's been removed from it. Uh, the reason is because there's accusations from his ex wife of domestic abuse. Uh, her name's Amber Heard. Uh, it's being reported in the UK Sun now. So the Sun's kind of a tabloid thing. And Jonathan, I know I like to kind of check out the tabloids when I'm in the checkout line, see what spicy, juicy stuffs going on. But it's all fake, right? Assume I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah, until there's, I mean, 
freedom of press, freedom of speech, and stuff like that, until there's any concrete evidence behind it, I can say anything about anyone. And unfortunately, the internet and the press, people just assume it's true because they love a juicy story. And the headlines, yeah. We we need to be sensible and realize that, and this might be true. He might have, you know, been uh, abusive, but this might just be made up for the hype and excitement and stuff like that. So we have to take it with a grain of salt until there's some kind of evidence behind it because it ruins somebody's career and and their their persona and you know everybody will judge them forever after this usually exactly. whether it's true or not just the accusations yeah. will ruin someone's you know uh their career or yeah 100 percent accurate yeah and and, and I, it happens to me too i hate to be so judgmental but i mean even if a person's innocent i'm like oh yeah but they got accused you know so you never know if there's some grays on that uh and in this situation we don't know the detail we don't know yes or no yet but we do know that the Sun, a tabloid, reported on it, and there was an anti-defamation uh, lawsuit that was filed from Depp to the Sun. And in that case, so not even the case about the actual domestic abuse, but the case about the defamation, the judge says that the Sun was correct. So then that like, oh man, does that mean that that Johnny Depp abused his ex-wife? We don't know, right? So there's all kinds of things like that. We don't need to really get into all that. What this does mean is WB's plan is safe. Like, look, we don't want to be anywhere around this. We're firing you. And he seemed really, really smart about this. He said, uh, look, I'm innocent. First of all, I'm going to prove that. Don't worry about that. But I respect WB, their family friendly uh, place. And he went to um, Instagram to release a nice typed up letter. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's proven innocent because I do like John. I like Johnny Depp in, in a lot of movies and, you know, he's Jack Sparrow and whatnot. Uh, but of course, if he's wrong for this, then he's wrong. And, you know, then he needs to be stopped working. Do you think this is WB? This is a good move on WB's part or should they wait it until we have an actual answer? I, I think it's good. A good move on their part. It's unfortunate. It'd be nice if this could have been stayed, kept quiet until resolved. And we have a concrete answer uh, because this is playing with fire, of course. But for them to say, hey, you know, we have to distance ourselves because this will cripple, you know, the production of this movie and stuff. Yeah, that's understandable. They They are in the right to do that. Um, but I really appreciate Johnny Depp's stance on this because most people, especially guilty people, would never act like that. They are volatile and are all of a sudden defensive and want to fight yeah. about, hey, no, that's not right. I deserve this, this, and this. Instead, he's like, you know what? You're good people. You're doing a good job. I understand this. I'm going to straighten this out. Don't worry. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and drag you through the mud and trash your, your company. Like, you know, everything's going to be okay. And hopefully, by presenting himself that way once this is resolved and he's hopefully cleared of all charges then wb would be like you know what yeah you were good this wasn't your fault we'll release a press statement and then bring you back into the project hopefully. yeah they're still in early filming so they actually could still do that they yeah. said that they're going to recast uh grindelwald uh but they are still in early filming so there might be a way to do that we'll, we'll follow up on this because again like like i want to reiterate we're, we're rooting for johnny Depp because we like his his portrayal and stuff like that but if he's guilty, he's guilty and we're done with him. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, we're not like, but yeah. Yeah, we're not um, pro-abuse or anything like that. That's un- unforgivable. I think that's fair to be on that stance. I think we're okay with that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, okay. it's probably a good move. Uh, but yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that and we'll see what's going on with that. Because th- the other thing too is there's a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie being developed right now. And it's going to be a reboot. So it's actually, he's not really planned to be in it, but I was hoping he would make a cameo. Um, so we'll have to see again. That'll also affect that too. Because Jack, uh, 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 Captain Jack Sparrow, man, when that when those first movies came out, they were so freaking good. 
I really yeah. like him myself, so I want exactly. him to be around. He's great. So yeah. who's going to play the new Captain Jack? Well, okay, so with the reboot, it's actually not going to be about any of the people we know. Um, okay, I can't remember her name. Do you remember a, a redheaded? She wears a big red dress, and she has red head, and she's like red hair. I think she's only in Disney World, but in Disneyland, she might be there. Um, and she's Rose or something like that. I think her name is Rose. She, or, no, she's in red. one of the taverns, or is she a pirate? She, she's on the ride. She's a she's a, she's a pirate, but she's like uh, this like my name's Red. I'm the first female pirate, and she's like real sassy and awesome. She's wielding a gun. Eh. You don't remember that? I, it might be nah. only at Disney World, but anyway. So they, they took the character from the ride, and they're making the movie about her. And yeah, uh, yeah and so it'll be pretty. Female leads are like real hot right now too. Yeah, I mean honestly, and 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 they're they're giving the directors a chance to. I'm not sure the director is on this. Hopefully, you know that'd be a good chance to actually use a female director. I think uh, Wonder Woman showed that you can have a blockbuster, guys. It's okay. You could take your chances, quote unquote, you know, um, and and do great. So that'd be cool to see. Mm-hmm. All right, Kate next Mulgrew? we have, what's that? The Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, she could direct anything. <laughs> she's amazing. No, she's busy. She's going to be doing the, uh, the what is it called? Anyways, the new Star Wars or Star Trek uh, series, animated series yeah. she's in. All right, uh, we have Prodigy. two more. Prodigy, thank you. We have two <laughs> Sorry, more delays. No, it's good when you're. I'm happy to have you interrupt. Uh, Disney's delaying two more films. This should be the last time we're talking about this because it's the last two films they planned for 2020. So, uh, first up is Free Guy. The other one is Death on the Nile. Uh, they're not sure if they're going to do the Mulan thing and bring this out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Free Guy, for sure, I want them to do that with because I just want to watch it already. Um, uh, have you heard of Free Guy or Death on the Nile? I know we talked about Free, Na- Free Guy a bit. Yeah, I've, I've seen the trailer for Free Guy a couple times. That looks really fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other one, no, I haven't, I haven't even heard of it. The other one's a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Did you watch that one? Nope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're old books and stuff like that they've made into movies. Um, I, I still got to watch them. I just you know, haven't. But anyways, yeah. Free Guy, I'm really excited for it. Just put that onto Disney Plus, like we said, 100 times already. We'd be on board, of course. Um, but yeah, just a couple more delay, guys. We'll go over that one pretty quick because you know, we don't really need to talk about delays any mu- too much anymore. That's like yeah, the buzzword for-, for 2020. Right. For Mulan, if I were them, I would just go ahead and throw it on there. They already said before it was going to be December 3rd or 5th or something like that. They would release it. So uh, it, it's not super hot. It didn't have great sales. You might as well give it to your your customers for free at this point, especially since you already said you would. Uh, if you're holding out to try to pinch some more pennies out of it, you're not going to get them. So. Yeah, so you're saying actually just straight up l- release Mulan without the, the paywall. Yeah, because that was their original plan was you, you can pay, you know, was it back in July or something like that? Uh, pay thirty bucks, watch it. Uh, I think it's endlessly on your on your account. Uh, mm-hmm. But after December, like first week of December, uh, it'll be added to do Disney Plus for free for all everybody who has Disney Plus to watch it. So, okay. Uh, if they decide to not do that and and try to keep charging for it, I think that'd be kind of counter counterproductive on their part because it's really not a hu- It wasn't a huge success. If it was, then sure, maybe you can pinch out some more DVD sales and stuff before you release it. But uh, the fact that, you know, you, you need good content out there too, something for people to watch, you might as well put it out. And and you never know, maybe getting it out there for free, more people watch it, maybe want to buy the DVDs or merchandise or plush or something like that. But I wouldn't hold back on that. And everybody's back on Disney Plus right now for The Mandalorian anyway. So it's a good time to release stuff on there that are free. Like, like yeah, good time to put Mulan free, make get free guy out there just because this is time to kind of get people hooked back on Disney plus for a little while longer. 
It's really good. There is a lot of other good content on Disney Plus. People just don't they don't advertise. They don't ever advertise anything for Disney Plus except for Mandalorian. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have Hillary Burton. She's joining being Walking Dead. She's gonna be Negan's wife now. Uh, those of you who are not familiar, Hillary Button, she's in about a bunch of Hallmark movies. She's been on One Tree Hill and White Collar. Um, she's actually Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan, real wife. She's actually, you know, really married. Uh, they've already begun filming the first six episodes uh, down in Georgia. So the what what's going on with Walking Dead, guys? Got to give you a quick rundown. Um, there they have six episodes that were actually supposed to be the end of the current or last season. They're going to release those in the beginning of 2021. I think they have a lot of the principal shots already done. But yeah, so it's going to be that. It'll probably add a little bit more character development to the last season. Then the final season is going to be a big one. It's 24 episodes and it goes from 20, the end of 2021 to the beginning of 2022. Yeah, so uh, that'll be the final season and then we'll have a wrap up of everything. As for Negan, this is going to be his redemption arc. He's already been kind of on this redemption thing. He actually helped finish The Whisperers. Spoiler alert for everything. Um, and stuff like that. Jonathan, I know you haven't been watching Walking Dead. Most people have it. I'm telling everybody it's really good to watch. Uh, are you willing to come back and give the show a shot? Uh, I am, but the problem is I don't want to just jump into a new season. I want to go back and watch it from where, where I'd seen it last, but that's like three seasons ago, so it's going to take a lot to get back into it. Uh, so it depends. I'd probably wait and see how the reviews go on this next season. And then yeah. if it's really hot and everyone's liking it, then okay, I'll I'll do the work and go back. Um, but I don't when when they first introduced Negan, that just kind of killed it for me. So there's I've mentioned it before. There is a time jump episode where they jump ahead a little bit, like three years. That's yeah. the episode to get back into it because you don't necessarily need to know anything before that. Well, they'll kind of, I mean, the characters you'll just kind of know who the characters are over time. That'd be the yeah, one. It's to kind do. of a soft reboot. It is, yeah. Um, and so that's what I would suggest right there. It follows Rick's quote-unquote death. Um, and so it, it's pretty good. And then the show kind of it lost Michonne recently. And it lost, Car not Carol, um, Maggie. But then she came back. So a lot of the original guys are kind of gone. But the new cast, there are quite a bit of good new cast members. Uh, so it's a really good time to jump into there. With Negan having this backstory, I've been reading Negan Lives, which is uh, his new standalone comic book. And in there, the premise generally is his wife uh lucille he named the bat after lucille right uh he's gonna go find where he thinks her body's at because he assumes that she's a walker now and so he's like okay instead of like this is gonna be how i'm gonna end things i'm gonna go find my wife's body and bury her here because he had he had buried the bat at first and so now he's gonna go bury her instead so i would be very happy to see a version of that brought to the show uh where he's looking for his dead but uh dead wife's body I don't know. I think that's kind of a good way to go. What do you think? So, well, we were just saying she's going to come back in for several episodes. Do you think that he's going to find that she's not dead? She's actually been surviving in some city somewhere? No, I think she'll be flashbacks. But I think we'll uh, have this thing where he's like, all right, I'm going to go find my wife, guys. So he leaves the group and he's on his own journey, like looking for where he thinks she's at down at, you know, wherever. Um, but the entire time he's having flashbacks to moments that he had with his wife. It would give us a really good backstory to him. But while we're that way, he's not just like, well, I'm just hanging out and I'm thinking about my wife. Like on this journey, he's like actually looking for where she was at last. Not alive, dead, but wanting to bury her properly. Yeah. I don't know much about Negan, but that does sound like a good arc to kind of give you closure for his character if you're going to yeah. try to close him out and be done with him. So, yeah, I mean, that'd probably be good. 
I, yeah. I still remember hating Negan from when he was first introduced. So to me, he's still a villain. But I know in yeah. the story, he turned and became a good guy again. Yeah, it's, it's really hard for those who, many people who stopped watching Walking Dead. Negan, while still a jerk, isn't necessarily a bad guy. So um, it's worth checking out. It's very, they did actually a pretty good job. I think a lot of it rests on Jeffrey D. Morgan. He does, he surpasses the writing sometimes um, and makes the show better. So uh, I'm excited to see what they could do with this. I do want them to redeem him. I would like to th- for them to do spinoff, but that's currently not in the books. They're going to be doing a Carol and Daryl spinoff, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. If his acting is good enough, you think they could do a totally different series in the same kind of premise? Not a spin, not nothing Walking Dead, but uh, like use him as the lead actor in a, a new show just with him? Would it be like a Walking Dead zombie thing or... No, I'm thinking like just a whole different, maybe another post-apocalyptic kind of world. Yeah. But do something that's not connected to the Walking Dead franchise. Yeah, that would be cool. cool. I would like to see him in a Western. How cool would he be as like a sheriff or something like that of a town? Just uh, I'm thinking yeah, like uh, I was thinking just the Book of actually. Eli kind of thing. Oh, dude, yes. Oh, man, <laughs> that'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, would like, I would like to see him as a cocky hero, not less of a bad guy. He wouldn't be bad as a, like a Mad Max, too. Oh, he'd be very good in Mad Max. Ooh, that'd be really good. Uh, hopefully, we see him as Batman because he it, he is he plays Ben Affleck's dad. Um, and in Flashpoint, which is the next Flash movie, in the Flashpoint comic book, he goes back in time and or he yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, he goes back in time to save his mom. Flash does. He comes back to the future and it's all different. And Thomas Wayne is Batman and Martha is Joker. So. I have always wanted to see him play a more hardcore Batman that has two pistols that he wields all the time. Like that's the really cool version of a Batman that Thomas is. So I don't know. Maybe that's that's a that's a far fetched idea. Hopefully they bring that to the live screen. I really hope That'd that happens. Cool. All right, uh, Dungeons and Dragons series is in the works, guys. Uh, according to CBR, a really good resource, guys. Comic book, uh, comicbook dot com. Uh, the news broke uh, during an earnings call with CEO Brian Goldner. He says. Um, they're also working on a couple different approaches because, uh, there is so much mythology and canon, uh, to Dungeons and Dragons for the live action television. Uh, and there's been a very strong interest. We've talked about how many global streamers and terrestrial broadcasters, uh, have been very interested in Dungeons and Dragons. So what they're saying there is they, they have been approached by Netflix, by CBS and stuff like that. Like, hey, guys, there's just so much content here. We all want the next Game of Thrones. Can we use Dungeons and & Dragons? And so they're, 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 it's in the works. They're going to start doing that. They don't know necessarily who's going to be the, the distributor, but they're in the works of making this. Are you familiar with Dungeons & Dragons, Jonathan? Not really, just, just from uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. yeah. Well, you're not alone. That community, um, there's a really good show uh, or you know group that plays on- online called Critical Role. They've all become real popular and made it kind of mainstream. Uh, and then they did a reboot of the actual books. They made it kind of simplified and easier to use in 2014. It's the fifth edition. So Dungeons & Dragons is kind of on the rise, right? It was this thing from the 80s. It actually was invented in like late 60s. Uh, so it's been on the rise and a lot of people are playing it. I think it's a great little get- good time. Everybody's trying to find that that next Game of Thrones and this could be it. We have Wheel of Time, we have Lord of the Rings coming up, and we have even Game of Thrones <laughs> prequels coming up. Throw another one on. That's a really good time to be a geek. Yeah. Would you be willing to give this a shot someday, playing D&D? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as far as I understand, it's just like a live-action role-playing game, but it's live-action, like you're, you're 
playing on the board and reading from the book and you know a lot of people like to cosplay and you know your your dice rolls determine your attack or your you know uh, maneuvers Chance. or whatever you do how your character reacts in the situation so it seems yeah. like it'd be fun uh you just got to get a group of like-minded people hopefully a couple that really knows how to play it well that can lead us through it and yeah yeah man. okay so geek freaks we're, we are stepping into this uh we've, we mentioned this last week and we're gonna let you guys know uh this friday coming up so when you guys listen to this podcast friday coming up first off a level up comes out red dead redemption listen to that second that night we're going to be streaming our very first D thing it's going to be myself frank and then a, a couple of the uh crossover people that have been on the podcast we have a friend of ours richard that's going to be coming on he's our expert the rest of us are all brand new so a bunch of brand new guys and one babysitter <laughs> helping us out and we're going to try it out for the first time uh if it comes out okay we might release an audio version of that we'll definitely release it on our youtube channel and it'll be on our twitch of course uh so check that out guys we're going to try it out if this goes well we will expand into the D&D world a little bit more. Try to get you, Daniel. So we got to figure out like what it's like to stream D&D. Um, so we're we're just tiptoeing into it. We have some D&D friends. We're going to kind of borrow them for a bit and, and figure out how to do this. It's getting big. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I think that's it. Yeah, so we have one more uh, news piece, but we'll save that for next week. I only have Daniel here because he's the guy who knows most about uh, Dr. Disrespect. So... What we're going to talk about now, uh, first, Jonathan, I want to get into this comic book review. Let's do that. Uh, we have a friend, that, the podcast Geek Exploration, guys, check them out, Geek Exploration. They wrote their own comic book, and it's outstanding. Uh, Jonathan, you're the one that was in charge of reading this. First off, can you just give it a quick little rundown of the story that you had? Uh, okay, so it's it's two guys. Uh, it's in space on a, I guess, a space station. Um, this is, you know, in our distant future. So one thing you have to understand is that... Uh, Human relics are, are, you know, sought after, very rare and valuable. Because uh, I don't, I, I could understand if Earth was destroyed or what, but so ancient Earth stuff is uh, is high dollar. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're at a funeral. Some guy died, and he had a leather jacket. And they're like, "Oh man, that could get me like a lifetime worth of credits if I can snatch that leather jacket." So it's the two guys trying to figure out how do you rob a leather jacket off a corpse? It's about to be jettisoned out <laughs> in space. They're like, oh, I'm yeah. going to just intercept it. And then they're like, oh, wait, but it's going to be jettisoned out into the nearby sun. So they're like, oh, crap, never mind. <laughs> I got to find a way to get the jacket off him now. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Dirk and George. So Dirk's the suave, uh, I don't know, sneaky guy. Well, George you, you is a big brute. You kind, of explained, you kind of explained Dirk as Archer. Is that is that about right? Yes. Yes. That's what it feels like is he's kind of a less uh, skilled version of Archer. Okay. More clumsy, but but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so so he has George make a distraction. He tries to get the jacket off. Instead, he gets trapped inside there and plunged out. So oh God. now they're trying to get him out of the uh, the coffin before it hits the sun. Uh, it's a it's a, a really good scene. I mean, it's a, a short. I think eight pages or twelve pages, something like yeah. that, that we were able to get. Uh, but I do like the artwork. The writing is pretty funny. Is really funny. Uh, and I was telling you before feels like to me with the art and the, the comedy a mix of a saga which i really like and i really like their art and stuff and storytelling and that it's all space-based and archer with the characters and how they play together so i thought it was a really good comic i like to read the rest of it so uh it's it just kind of a space space hijinks is what you're thinking yeah 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 pretty much. uh okay so I'm going to be reading this as well, but we kind of wanted to do this interview format. It leans well for this. 
What did you think of the the art style? What would you compare the art style to? That it uh, so like Dirk himself looks a lot like Archer. Same, you know, mm-hmm. kind of typical style, I guess. Um, and like I was, I was mentioning before, the art style can make or break a comic. If I love the story, but I can't get into it, I can't, you know, immerse myself in it because the art is too, you know, uh, childish, too cartoon or too vividly detailed and doesn't let you mold the images yourself, uh, then it, it ruins it for me. So I like this is, to me, the art style lo- does look a lot like uh, Saga, which, you know, I really like. Um, and it's very well done, though this is in black and white. And they do say in their preface that they're, you know, trying to raise funds so that they can have mm-hmm. this, you know, fully released in full HD color and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be even more captivating with fully colored. But just the art style alone, I think, was really good. Okay. Um, all right. So this looks really fun to me. I can't wait to get into this. The comic book is called Space Oddities. And I'm going to read a little uh, uh, excerpt from their Kickstarter campaign. Okay, guys, they have a Kickstarter going up. Uh, Space Oddities, number one, is a double-sized 40-page uh, comic book by John Williams and Ben Robinson. This issue is already written, drawn, inked, and ready for color. Funds raised from this campaign will be used to print, ru- uh, print run, uh, and to play the pay. Gosh, dang, reading is so tricky, guys. The phenomenal colorist, Danny Olvera. Uh, we have been working with Danny on the pages you see here, and his color, <clears throat> his colors really bring the book to life. We couldn't be happier with his work. So, if you guys want to help them out, we'll have the description uh, in the thing below in the description. We'll have the link in the description below, so that you guys can help fund them over on Kickstarter, guys. They don't need much more to go, uh, and then they're going to release the full thing. I just realized they're out here by us. They're actually from Sacramento. Well, maybe we can hook up with these guys. I just realized that. I just noticed that. Uh, so yeah, help them out, guys. I love these little indie projects that that you find some of the best content because Batman was indie at one point, Saga was indie at one point. So um, you really find more heart and soul in these kind of projects. And uh, you guys can help out Space Oddities, uh, and uh, we'll give you more. We'll give you a fuller review when we get the big book in, when we get the forty page first issue in. Uh, this was just a little teaser, and. Um, so yeah, check out the link in the description below if you guys want to help support them. That's Space Oddities number one. All right, John, we're going into our next segment here. We're going to be talking about some of our biggest anticipations for the next generation of consoles, what games we're going to be excited for, because we have the systems coming out this week, guys, uh, both the Xbox Series X, Series S, and the uh, PlayStation 5. Jonathan, let's start with you. Uh, should we do this top five style? Well, I don't have five on either list, so okay, <laughs> I don't okay. think so. That's fine. So uh, let's let you name one and then I'll go name one of yours okay. that you're most anticipated for. Um, so for the Series X, uh, honestly, I mean, I want to play Cyberpunk, but I know that's going to be on both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not huge into consoles as it is. Uh, but for the Series X, the big the big seller is uh, Halo Infinite. That's of, I went through a lot of them and that was really the only thing that I'm super pumped about for the Series X. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not coming out on launch. It'll be out probably. On, I, I'm going to assume April is my guess on that one. Um, but yeah, I think it's the reason people are going to be buying the Xbox when it does release. And it kind of leaves me disappointed in Microsoft that they're not, you know, pumping out other games in the process. Like, you know, you're launching a new system and they're just leaning heavy on Halo fans. And I think that's going to leave them behind in this race. too. Yeah. Uh, my next hype one is for Xbox. It's called Bright Memory. Uh, it's a 
real cool hybrid of like say a Dark Souls where you have the sword and you have to like really worry about your steps and and dodging and parrying. But you also have a gun and you can use that too and you could freeze time. It's really cool. But the thing is, is it's not being pushed very well. It's Bright Memory Infinite. It's not being pushed very well. Um, so this is a clean, brand new, you know, just world that that they could be advertising. And yeah, it's just not getting pushed. Uh, John, what's your next one? Uh, well, that was honestly the only one I was really excited for myself. Uh, I know that Assassin's Creed Valhalla has got a, a lot of hype behind it. Yeah. And I might, you know, I'm going to be playing the new Assassin's Creed pretty soon. So, or the, sorry, or Origins. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. I might be getting that too. But we'll see. So what about for PlayStation? Is there anything that you're excited on the PlayStation side? Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, the one I'm, well, there's, there's two that I'm really excited about for PS5. Uh, Demon Souls remake looks really yes. good. Oh, Have you so seen the good. trailers for that? Yeah, dude. Oh man, that's a must buy. Yeah, that looks really clean, really well done. And uh, the Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh. That looks. <laughs> the that's gameplay my game for that right looks there. looks so good. Like uh like but see, I can't buy both systems. I probably I might not even get one system right away. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard. I mean, I I. At some point, they just got to be able to cross over these games so you can play both of them, play all of them on, on either system. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, so far, because Halo is going to be so delayed, if I get anything in the not-too-distant future, it would have to be the PS5. Yeah. Uh, I am getting the PS5 this week if inventory somehow is there. So I'm hoping, you know, somebody gets enough in stock because I couldn't get the pre-order in time. Um, and the game I'm getting, like, for the, for the launch of any console is going to be uh, Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Uh, I cannot wait for this, dude. Some of the trailers just look so good. The story looks so good. And what's really cool is if you buy the kind of the collector's edition, it comes with a remastered version of the original Spider-Man game. Uh, and I didn't get a PS4 because it was like, well, I have the Xbox. You guys have the PS4. We can review all the games we need to review. So Event Horizon and stuff like that, I get to play all those now. And I'm really excited to play both versions of Spider-Man. Uh, have you looked at any of the skins coming out for the new Spider-Man game? Oh, no, I haven't. Really cool skins coming out. And one that they just revealed, the uh, it would be last week when this episode comes out, is the uh, Spider-Man, um, what is it called? Uh, something Spider-Verse. You know the movie Spider-Verse movie that just came out? I can't think of what it's. Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Yeah. They actually released the skin from that movie for this game. And what's amazing is like all the little animation that'll be around him, like when he's punching and stuff like that, they add it into the skin as well. So it actually looks like you're straight up from the, from the movie thrown into the game it's so cool uh it looks yeah. really good and miles morales is so hot right now everybody's talking about miles morales i did just look up some of the skins too there's a really cool i mean there's a, a venom spider-man skin looks pretty awesome yeah or the one where he's like yellow the the spider and his, his eyes and everything's real yellow yeah it's pretty awesome I, I remember the old ps1 spider-man game that was one of the big things is collecting all the skins and then getting the entire collection and stuff like that so i'm excited to get back into that that's gonna be really fun um and then ratchet and clank rift apart Ratchet and Clank games are always really fun, right? They're just they're just a blast to play. Rift Apart, Rift Apart adds a new little feature. We're able to uh, kind of jump around in time and stuff like that, and and jump uh, from platform to platform through portals and stuff. So all that looks really fun. That looks really good. Uh, is there anything else that you were? I mean, Demon Souls is a great shout out. Anything else you're yeah. looking forward to? Uh, not really. I mean, I haven't really watched all the the videos, anyways, uh, like trailers and stuff. But yeah, and if I get anything, you know these. Games aren't cheap, and it takes me a while to play through them. So if I get one of these consoles, I'm just going to start with one at a time anyways. 
Yeah, for me, I try to focus on the games that are going to be available at launch. So, I mean, if we're to go deeper, yeah, there's so many really good games that we know is coming up. Uh, the new Final Fantasy, I think it's going to be the first Final Fantasy I'm actually going to play, uh, actually like get into. Uh, on launch, I might get the Sackboy, A Big Adventure. It's another one that's kind of these um, platformer-esque games. Sackboy's gotten to be real famous within PlayStation. I'm finding it funny that I'm excited for PlayStation 4 not shooters and not like PlayStation S games. Like these are these are kind of like games I'd almost expect on a Switch, right? Except for the yeah. Spider-Man one. But I'm excited for this and Ratchet and Clank. And even um there's Astro's Playroom, which is the free game you get with it. I've been watching videos of Astro's Playroom and stuff like that. They all look fun and they're not like gritty shooters or you yeah. know Grand Theft Auto kind of games. They just seem like they're fun games. It's interesting that that's the case over there. Yeah. You feel like you're gonna be playing like uh the old Sparrow or Diddy Kong Racing or something like that. Just yeah. And going back to a simple game that's not so so aggressive or so competitive, but just a fun game to play. A fun game. And then like, it's, I'm excited to get back to PlayStation. I'm glad the fans, because again, I'm buying the PlayStation because the fans uh, voted for it. So I appreciate it, guys, because right now I think I'm much more hyped for the PlayStation than I would have been for the Xbox. Uh, and that's that's because you guys. Is so. anybody else anybody else in the podcast getting the Xbox? Uh, No, everybody's getting the PlayStation. And. Uh, yeah <laughs> it i hate to crazy. be the only one getting an xbox just so that we could play both sets of games but i don't know we'll see we'll see how it shakes out i might have to well get... don't get an xbox because of that because every xbox game is also releasing on the pc oh well okay that, that's what about play all the playstation games released on the pc as well not no not all of them no so mm. yeah playstation's exclusives are actually exclusive to the playstation that's kind of like, okay, yeah, that makes it easy then. Another deciding factor right there. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I like playing PC games more than console games nowadays anyways. Same. Yeah. yeah. I And that's just how it is. And um, I don't think there's a way to stream, because I know Xbox can like stream from your Xbox to your PC. I don't think that exists for PlayStation. But if so, that'd be a really good idea, because, I mean, we're here, we're on Discord, so it's nice to be able to play the games you like on Discord while you're chatting with your friends, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, both systems are, are coming out this week. Uh, we know... Squeaks has a pre-order. He's getting his, so he'll be probably the guy doing the PlayStation, <laughs> the PlayStation review. While me, Daniel, and Jonathan are looking at him like, "You bastard! You got one of the systems." Um, but yeah, so Xbox is coming out on the tenth, PlayStation on the twelfth. Good luck, guys, getting those. But be careful out there. I know everybody's gonna be crazy, mad, and lines and stuff like that. It's already kind of a crazy time right now. Um, so please be careful. Be nice. Be cool with your retail workers, guys. I mean, they're they're out there doing their job the best they can. They don't need you yelling at them just because they ran out of Playstations. Um, you'll find a way to get one, trust me. It's not like Sony doesn't want to make sure you have one. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for us this week, John. Anything you want to wrap things up with? I think that's it. That's a lot. All right, guys, you all have a wonderful week and be cool with each other. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.